I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicky, and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And helping me look at a classic this week from the brand new suggestible podcast, it's Claire Tonti and <laughs> Mr. Sunday Movies. Hello! We love podcasts. We're here. I'm against the concept of this podcast though because I do consider it cheating. Literature. Oh, yeah, but I am, I am cheating literature. <laughs> you don't like cheats. I don't. No, That's this is a great show and it's good to be back. This is your second time, it's Claire? My second time around. It's my third. David's your fortieth, twenty-second, <laughs> maybe twenty-second. Okay, twenty-first, maybe. I think it might yeah. be happy twenty-first. Oh, happy twenty-first day! Book you've read now. Yeah, twenty-one. When I look back and go, oh yeah, I've read that all in the last you know eight months or whatever. Yes. Yeah. It feels good. It's quite <laughs> impressive, mate. It does feel and good. And you're educating others. You're doing two yeah. things. You're educating Brilliant. yourself and others. Yes. I'm still against it. Well, <laughs> I am a hero. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me again. Last time we talked about uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Correct. Which was a lot of fun. I love that And had that a second, second half that none of us were expecting. <laughs> That's right. I love the old that West. second half. Yeah. yeah suddenly yeah. we're in uh, Outback Utah going, mm. what, what is going on here? Yeah. It was so, so that great. was... That was a lot of fun, but we'll get to the classic we're looking at this week. But first of all, uh, great to have you on this week because only last week or the week before you released a brand new podcast called Suggestible. That's right. Correct. Now, people might know you from your other podcast, The Weekly Planet, James. Hello, that's where I'm or from. Or Just Make the Thing Clear. Correct. But you've combined forces. That's right. <laughs> to create a super pod <laughs> that has never been seen before. No. <laughs> well... Yeah. You, we may have stolen the concept from a, from a very similar podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> not exactly, yeah. but they're not married. No, that's so, true. And yeah. we are. So that's what Yeah, you've taken the know. connection one step further. Exactly. But Correct. it's a, every week we, it's half an hour, and it's strictly half an hour where we just talk about the things that we've been reading, watching, doing. It could be a podcast, could be a book, could be a movie, TV show, whatever. Could sometimes be a recipe. Sometimes it can be a recipe. Knows? We haven't done really? one yet. Oh, yeah. Or an Instagram account, like Claire. Arthur Parkinson, who oh, likes chickens and flowers. Her, really? Might, yeah. What's her bloody Instagram accounts about chickens? He's so good. Shit, He's so yeah. fabulous. And Joanna Lumley from AbFab. He's obsessed with her too. Oh, right. Really, really the big three, chickens, <laughs> flowers, AbFab. AbFab, you know <laughs> it. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, it's going well and people seem to enjoy it. Yeah, so, it's yeah. real fun. It's really good because we live in our house with our dog and our kid. That's right, Dave. And we <laughs> don't work a regular job because we do podcasts for a yeah. living. And so we just get to watch and read and look at a lot of stuff. And so it's just the conversation that we have in our kitchen, except yeah. we, we record to, it. We have to talk to each other and be more civil. So it's yeah. kind of it's a marriage saver. Oh, okay. It's it's a number so of things. You're doing this for you, not for the others. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. Yeah, correct. But yeah, mm. suggestible. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And we mm. even talk about books. Yeah, yes, you totally do. do. I just listened to your uh, your opening episode, your mm. pilot episode, and you both suggested a book each. That's right. Which was uh, re- really very cool. Yours was Boys Swallows Universe. Yes, that's right. I'm like, what did I? Uh, Trent. That was your first one? Yeah, Trent, Trent Dalton. Dalton. Yeah, yeah. 
And yours was another book, wasn't it? It was. I'm trying to remember which one I did in the first episode. The last episode, episode three, I talked about. Or maybe I did Dark Emu by yes, Bruce Pascoe right, yeah. was maybe the first one I recommended. Mm. That's really cool. It's all about um, Indigenous Australia and what it was like before European settlement. And, yeah, I loved it. Really, really fascinating. Won a lot of prizes. And that's two Aussie books there. Yes, that's Aussie. Yeah. I would like to put this out to the book cheap listeners. I have yet, I've yet to do an Australian classic, classic. book. Classic, yeah, right. Because uh. there's not as many... In the, the era of, the, you know, your Charles Dickens, your oh, Jane Austen, obviously yeah. that's a bit older. And then going up to things, because most of the books I look at were mostly, well, in the first half of the 20th century or mm. before. Yes. And we have a lot of very famous writers now going yeah. around, but not as many. To my awareness, please educate me. So I'd love if people could suggest a classic Aussie book to it's do. It's mostly poems about farming Banjo Patterson. and, and, yeah. and yeah. rustling cattle. Seven no, little Australians. <laughs> yeah. It's Henry Lawson, isn't all that yeah. kind of stuff going yeah. on. So, But if there is a classic book... Uh, yeah, must please. Be. I cannot think of one, but yeah. No, I mean, mm. there's poetry, but I mean, really, our history is only 200 years old, right? Yeah, that's so right. some mm. of these classics. Well, Claire, if you read Dark Emu, which I have, uh, <laughs> our history is not 200 years well, old. I suppose right. I could do a story from the Dreamtime, the well, uh, true, Indigenous good, stories. Yeah. That is mm. true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I'm loving um, Jane Harper. We were just talking about that. I talked about that on the show, too. Yes, absolutely. Um, she's not a classic Australian author, but she Yet. wrote a book called The Dry, which is like a crime murder series mystery sort of one um, and it's awesome it kind of deep dives into rural Australia um, in the drought and then a family is murdered and a detective has to come back to the town that hate him to uncover the whole crime and um, she really describes the Australian landscape beautifully um, but also you were saying you just liked her backstory yes which mm. you can you talk about in depth on your on your show but basically yeah. she started writing as a bit of a challenge essentially for, for a course or something yeah, well, she was a journalist for years and always kind of had the idea she wanted to write a book, which I think a lot of people do mm. at the back of their mind. They're like, I wonder if I could do that. Yes, but so- it's so daunting, isn't it? Oh, the idea really of is. Writing yeah. 80,000, 100,000 words. Yeah. Yeah, correct. And it probably won't be good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And now that you've read 21 of the classics, you, can, yeah, you know, right. exactly, exactly. You really know yeah. how hard it would be. But um, And so she just treated it like a job and you spend an hour, like she'd get home from work. Instead of sitting on the couch straight away, she'd stay in her work gear, sit at a table, write for an hour and then go put her pajamas on and watch Netflix and mm. cook dinner. And that's how she kind of wrote the book. So I really, yeah. I, th- yeah, I, f- I found that inspiring. It's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. I did too. Anyway, mm. yeah. So there you go. What's the, newest, what's the newest book you've done then, do you think? The newest book? Uh, this could be it. Okay. Maybe. Ah. This book is uh, published in the 1950s. Possibly I could have done one in the 1960s if I look back. But people should email in if you've done. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but nothing super super modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't. I don't think I've done one yet where the author is still alive. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely true. Especially you haven't done w- any Dan Brown. No, I have not done a Dan Brown <laughs> yet. <laughs> done any Bryce Courtney? No. Is he? He's not. That's not classic. Classic though. though right? Not he's alive. So he well, takes the book. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. He's dead. Yeah, Maybe you could have that. Yeah. Yeah, he's an excellent author, Australian author. Yeah, how about it? Put the challenge out there. A book published before 1960, an Australian classic. Sounds good. That's the parameters. Seven Little Australians, mate. I don't know that. Tell me about that. Oh, it's so good. Um, I read it. It's a little bit like... Um, it's like Enid Blytony, isn't Little it? Little Women. It's that kind of vibe. Do you know Little Women? Yeah, yeah. Yes, correct. So it's a little bit like Little Women, but it's obviously Australian. It's about a family of seven children in the outback and they live on a farm. And tragedy ensues and it's, oh. it's quite tragic, but... 
I really enjoyed I it. It's sort of like a kid's fable thing, but it's not. It's like it's a, a, it's a it's sort of like a young adult novel, okay. a bit like Little Little Women is designed is written for young adults, but it's um got an Australian flavour. Okay. Yeah, and it kind of Vegemite. depicts life on a farm, and I actually can't remember exactly when it's set, but I would say sort of maybe a hundred years ago. That okay. kind of vibe. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's my vibe. That's my jam. <laughs> That's your jam. I haven't read it since I was in school, but I loved it at the time. There you go. Maybe that. I don't know when it's written though. So There we go. All right. That's the first one on the short list. Okay. And sure. uh, well, this week, this book has been suggested by a few people. What people can do is suggest a book via a little link in the description of this episode. And the week, uh, this week's book is Ernest Hemingway's The Old Man and the sea. Ooh, I feel like we all need pipes or something. Oh, we do. But you know what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. Drink I, need, I, I automatically wanted to lean back in like a rocking chair or something. This is a book I know of, but I know zero things about. Yes, uh, me too. Well, there you go. Well, that's probably, that's, that's good. That's perfect for this show. For book yeah. Uh, it's been suggested by a few of my listeners, and uh, shout out to these people, and big thanks to the, for filling out the form. We've got uh, Matthias Austin from Wheaton, Illinois. Jack Warren from Exeter in the UK, Isaac A from the USA somewhere, Dan Greaves from Newcastle in England, my friend and comedian Jack Drews that's been on this ah, show before. He's, he's told me in person, hey, if you want to do a shorter book, which was good this weekend, <laughs> yes. away from the weekend, you should check out The Old Man and See. I really liked it. So thanks to Jack Drews. And finally, Paul uh, Dorai Raj from Galway in Ireland, he says... Uh, this is my backup if War and Peace is too long. <laughs> if <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. So we went from a, a twelve hundred page book to a much shorter one. So thank, thanks for that. And thanks to everyone that suggested stuff so far. I've just crossed over a thousand suggestions. Wow. Oh wow, that so, is amazing. Oh, we doing yeah. this podcast for a long, long Absolutely. time. Absolutely. So I appreciate that. So that's not that. pe- that's not a thousand different people writing in. That's a thousand books. A thousand different books. Yeah. Holy I mean, there is obviously hell. a bit of double up because there's six people on sure. one one classic. But oh, yeah. Happy twenty first birthday, Dave. Oh mate, you've <laughs> got, got a go- long road. You're gonna have to go to weekly or daily. Oh, just <laughs> got <a> daily. Just, <laughs> daily. You are gonna be a genius by the end of this. <laughs> you're gonna be reading all those classic. books. I don't think you'll remember. Classic language. But you won't remember the early books by the yeah. time you get to a thousand. You're like, did I, did I read Moby Dick? Oh, yeah, it really know. gets pushed out of the back of your mind <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So you guys don't know too much about the book. No. I didn't either. But mm-hmm. the, the title does give us a lot in this instance. Sure. Which I enjoy. <laughs> uh, but for a background, Ernest Hemingway wrote The Old Man of the Sea whilst living in Cuba in 1951. And last year I went to his house in Cuba outside oh, of Havana. Really? Which is now a museum. It's uh, it's really cool and it has what I loved about it was you can go there and you can't walk into the house but all the rooms are open you can sort of look in and every every single room has books in it he's obviously a massive reader including there's a little bookshelf next to the toilet which I really <laughs> like I really that's yeah great. that's the best place to read books totally and you could tell that he obviously mm. spent a bit of time in there because <laughs> there was no scrolling on your Twitter aimlessly no was exactly there? someone said to me once they knew that a book was good if it passed the cold bum test. Really? Yeah, That's which is test. where like you go into the loo with your book and then your bum gets super cold because you've sat there for so long. I don't get yeah. a cold bum on the toilet. It's, you don't read that much. <laughs> yeah, you're obviously not reading enough. I got cold hands, warm bum though. <laughs> so, so, so. Maybe you just, yeah, you just have your own personal heat pack down there. <laughs> That's right. I get a cold bum very I get, quickly. I get numb legs. Like I get up and I'm like, oh shit, my legs do not work. Okay, yeah. so it's the numb leg test the numb for leg you. Test for me, I yeah. wonder if the old man in the sea will pass the cold bum test. Ooh, we'll find out. <laughs> well, it was acclaimed uh, upon publication. In May 1953, the novel received the Pulitzer Prize and it was specifically cited in 1954 when he was awarded, this is Hemingway, the Nobel Prize in Literature 
which he dedicated to the Cuban people. Very good. Ah, yeah. amazing bloke. Yeah, it really invigorated his career and helped put him back on the map and made people re-examine his earlier work because he was in his 50s by the time this came out. Oh, he is. Yeah. yeah, but he'd written a few mm. earlier classics by this time. But he's like Daryl Summers, has a bit of a comeback when Hey, It's Saturday returned. Damn right. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> that is a very relatable <laughs> reference. <laughs> We've <laughs> been on a few podcasts where Daryl Summers comes up. Really? Yeah. People love him. I've met Daryl Summers. Did you? Where? I didn't know yeah. that. I, well, I was working at the cinema. Oh, you met a lot of people there. Yeah, didn't you? yeah. and he brought his current girlfriend in, who was probably half his age potentially. And he was like watching a film there and he put his Coke in my garbage bag that I was holding at the end of the cinema. And you wow. kept it, obviously. Yeah, and I said something like, Daryl Summers, put your Coke in here. And he went, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> that got was it, kid. Yeah, he's so sh- like, little. He's quite right? sh- really Little dude. Yeah. For someone, he had the big head TV The ostrich thing, makes him look bigger, yeah. I think. <laughs> Sorry, well, this, is, know, too, this, this is, is too niche. Too, yeah, this what, what? is too, yeah. For the Australian listeners, they're lapping this up. They are. I've just told you at the start, I wanted to make this show more Australian. Okay, so yeah. so you can't get any more than Hey yeah. Hey Saturday, that classic variety show that ran for several, several decades. Yes. Correct. He did have that big head thing that we talk about, Hey, yeah. that if you are really famous on TV, you generally have a big head. Tiny little physically body. Big head, yeah, big TV and you, head, and can you see it on the screen? It was only when you meet him in person you go, yeah, oh, yeah. Only George only Clooney, person. same thing, like yeah. matchstick body, giant movie star head, yeah. right? But it's just like yeah. people are drawn to that exactly. head, yeah. So on screen, their head looks like a regular size, but their features are really giant. dynamic or something on the screen. Wow, there you go. Yeah, I feel like none of us have giant TV heads. I, I have a We're big not head. on television. Not TV, no, you've got just a giant forehead. Yes, my forehead. Shiny, shiny, shiny. So do I. Is that good? Big forehead's good? Yeah, definitely, yes. That was the first thing I noticed about him. Really? <laughs> shiny, shiny forehead. Yeah, look at the shine on that thing. It's got yeah. a lot of shine. It's got corners as well. It does have corners. It's quite <laughs> square. It's sharp on the edge. <laughs> Three dimensional. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, All right. continue. The old man yes. and the sea. I always start with the opening line. This is the opening line. Love it. Which is a good one. I really think it, it puts it into context. <clears throat> he was an old man who fished alone in a skiff in the Gulf Stream, and he had gone 84 days now without taking a fish. Mm. 84 days. Makes me wondering what no he's in it for. Mm. Is he in it for the fish or is he in it for the what else splendor is, of the ocean? Well, what is he doing without getting no fish? He's just sitting there. Struggling. Going out day after day. And a skiff is a very small uh, boat that you mm. can row out yourself. So it's a very small boat. Thus starts the old man of the sea. And in that opening line, we have met our main character, an old Cuban fisherman named Santiago. But for the most part, referred to as the old man. <laughs> Santiago. I just felt like saying It's a great like name. Isn't it, it really Santiago. is. Santiago. I love it. Sorry. Th- the next sentence is, in the first 40 days, a boy had been with him. Ooh. This is the only other major character of the book, a boy whose age is never actually referred to, named Manolin. Okay. Manolin, not such a good name. You're not a big Manolin. fan? Manolin. It's all right. Oh. sounds like Lanolin. I feel like it's going to go a different direction, but Manolin sounds made up as you kind of saying it. You know what I mean? Manolin. What's your name? Manolin. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like <laughs> I'm a Manolin. Oh, dear. Nothing sus here. It's probably like a classic Cuban name that I'm, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you just besmirch the good people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of the shoemaker, Manolo Blahnik. Oh, yes. Ah, oh, yes. That old chestnut of Also shoemaker. a Spanish name. I don't know. There mm. you go. Uh, he's an apprentice... Fisherman, this is Manolin, mm-hmm. also referred to sometimes, often th- as the boy, who has stuck by the old man for a long time and cares for him deeply. But after 40 days of not catching a fish, the boy's parents think that he is unlucky and have forced him, this is Manolin, to start going out with other fishermen. 
Being uh, their apprentice. Yeah, sure. Oh, so they so the old man is unlucky, yeah, not Manolin. You've got to stop hanging out with that guy. He's past it. You've got to go fishing with these others. Exactly. It's a Marty McFly, Doc Brown situation where people don't like. It doesn't matter. <laughs> is Doc Brown past it? Yeah, people don't want. Yeah, he's an old scientist. People, his teacher's like, stay away from Doc Brown. He's a weird nuclear physicist. Why are you friends with him? Which is a good point. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. a few questions coming up. Yeah, that's right. that relationship. <laughs> Hang on, what? He's telling you. What was happening in this DeLorean? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you stole plutonium. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, it was mm. the working title for that, The Old Man in the DeLorean. I believe it was, yes. Yeah, there we mm. go. And he drove the car and never had any fish. No, he didn't. There's nary a fish in that. Nary a fish. Not in that whole trilogy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the boy, uh, he's not allowed to fish with him, but he still offers his, his services and his friendship to the old man and tries to cheer him up by reminding him of the time that they were fishing together and went fishless for 87 straight days. Holy hell. So, so it's not even his record. It's not the record. It's a terrible fishing. <laughs> but he says, remember, after 87 days that time, we caught fish every day for three whole weeks. Okay. Okay. So you just got to hang in there. He reminds the old man. Right. So but that's what, is it like 14 weeks or something of no fish though? Mm. 87 days. How many weeks is 87 days? 12 guys? weeks and three days. Oh, Dave, that's oh, really that good. Oh, that came straight out. Well done. So do you have that written down? No, 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 I don't. <laughs> Just 12 sevens or 84. I don't, I don't believe so. Three. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this does not check out. <laughs> so there you go. And then he had three weeks of so it's fish. So it's nearly three whole months. So okay, no, great. No fish. That's good. But okay. then three weeks of fish. Mm. All right. So the boy, still trying to cheer up the old man, offers to buy him a beer. Still don't know how old this boy is. Is he six? If he's six years old, it's weird to offer the man a buy a beer. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, but we don't weird. know. I'm but guessing 15, 16. Yeah, I think he's yeah. in his teen years. Mm. Uh, they drink on the terrace and uh, overlooking the water. And some of the other fishermen make fun of the old man's streak of bad luck, while some of the other older fishermen of his era simply just pity him. I wow. feel sorry for him. Aww. Neither of that is an ideal no, scenario. <laughs> he doesn't mind. He's a proud man and he doesn't mind. Mm. Madeline, the boy, offers to buy the old man fresh bait as a gift, which he initially refuses. But after saying that he just wants to help out in some way, the old man accepts, uh, accepts the gift of sardines. Okay. Being like, maybe if you use this better bait, you'll catch better fish. Makes sense or any me. fish at all. Or some fish. <laughs> Even an old boot. He, yeah, wear. I was going to say, do you reckon he's catching old boots? Could be. And seaweed. Yeah, two boots, that's a pair. That's a good day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They good usually day. have a hole in it in oh, the end, though. They're always that, like yeah. flapping a bit open. Mm. They are. Or, and an open can? Yeah. Yes. Like a tin can and a boot. Tin can of yeah, sardines. Always. Empty. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and a boot, yeah. Well, it's revealed that the boy's been fishing with the old man since he was just five years old. It doesn't know, we don't know how long. So yeah. he's at least five. So plus he's, he's five and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on a beard. Mm. Uh, the boy asks the man what his plan is, and it for for now it's to take his boat out far away from the others and then come back in when the wind shifts. He's like, I want to go out further than everyone else, and then maybe I'll catch some fish. Makes sense. The boy questions whether the old man is strong enough to haul in a big fish on his own, but the old man assures him that he still has some of his tricks up his sleeve. Ha-ha. A gun. <laughs> <laughs> a big sword. A big gun up his sleeve. <laughs> a military cannon. Mm. Sorry, continue. I don't have any more. <laughs> a much bigger boat. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> An even younger boy. <laughs> <laughs> so virile, so strong and young. Yeah. <laughs> well, they go back to the shack where the old man lives and it uh, becomes pretty clear to us that he lives a very simple life. It's literally a shack with walls made of palm, palm wood. And uh, the shack doesn't have much furniture, just a table, one chair, a bed which is covered in newspapers, and a place on the dirt floor to cook. I'm sorry, a bed covered in newspapers? Newspapers? Yeah, for, uh, like to sleep on? Yeah, for padding, yeah. Okay. So it's very, very poor. Mm. 
Uh, on the walls are uh, relics of his wife, a Virgin Mary and another saint, uh, more local to the area. And the old man had a picture of his wife on the wall at one stage, but it made him feel lonely. So we put her on a shelf out of the way underneath a clean shirt. Okay. <laughs> it's very specific. So Hemingway's, that is so specific. Hemingway's famous for a grim picture here. <laughs> He's very you should have put a, put a mirror a up. there I thought you said his wife, the Virgin Mary. Ah. Oh, no, no, went, no. oh, no. Hang on, what? No. It's clear that his wife has died, but what I've liked there is about it's under a clean shirt. So sometimes Hemingway's famous for this thing called uh, iceberg theory, which is because he started out as a journalist, he would write uh, minimalistically. So mm. he would be like, well, if you don't need to write it, you just... Give people the impression, like the tip of the iceberg. Just sure. give them enough, they'll put it together. But then sometimes it's very specific, like underneath a clean shirt. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's quite specific for someone who claims to do that. But all right. So he took the picture down and because it made him lonely. It made him lonely looking at his wife. I yeah. think, yeah, they should have put up a, a mirror, so like a budgerigar. So he's like, oh, hello. Oh, it's just, <laughs> it's, just, it's just me, the old man who lives here. It sleeps oh. on a Is newspaper. it worse to seeing only your own face than at least like than your wife's? I can't even talk now. It's too I think late. they're both bad for different photo? reasons. Yeah, they're both but what if you no. have her photo on the mirror and then you next, <laughs> like you can stand in front of the mirror and at a certain distance it looks like you're the same height like that you're together. together again. Okay, yeah. that's a good idea, Dave. Yeah. But then when you remember that that is just a mirror, yeah. that is obviously yeah. sad again. So It is. But maybe you should write some messages to himself on yeah. the mirror, you know. It'd be okay. Like... Today is the re- first day of the mm. rest of your life, old man in That's the sea. The rest of your life without your beloved wife. <laughs> That's oh, right. no. It's always depressing. It is. Oh. Well, the depression continues. The boy asks the man what he has to eat and he offers the boy a Bird pot. Seed. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I've got this spell. This old boot. Yes. <laughs> That's all that. Well, he offers the boy a pot of yellow fish or yellow rice and fish. The boy politely declines, saying he's eaten at home, and then it's revealed to the reader that he was in fact being polite, knowing for a fact that there was no rice or fish to eat. This is just something that they went through every day, a little routine. What are you eating tonight? I'm having roast. Would you like some? Oh, no, thank you. There's no roast. So what's his old man eating? Oh, no. Not much. That breaks my heart. Oh. Yeah, so he's got to very... fill in the blanks as you do in Hemingway. Yeah, like, yeah. What is he? What is he doing? Oh, he's eating newspapers? What's, what's he, he doing? saying? What's he saying there? What yeah. is he eating? I don't know. That's, he's that's, throwing furniture. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's not mm-hmm. at the yeah, the, the leg. Yeah, I mean, bed. he used to have six chairs. Now he only has one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two discuss baseball, a very popular sport still in Cuba. Yes, and they talked uh, of American teams in the USA that they read about in the newspapers. These teams come up a lot throughout the book, with the old man's favorite player being the great Joe DiMaggio. Oh yes. Ah uh, yes, Marilyn another good Monroe's name. Husband. Yes. That's right. One yeah. of Marilyn Monroe's husbands, mm. who yes. um. He proudly says, is the son of a fisherman, the old oh, man. Really? Mm. Oh, really? I see. So he takes pride in that. wonder if he was a good fisherman. Joe DiMaggio. father of Joe DiMaggio. That's a good question. He probably didn't go 87 days with no fish. I'm going to look into that. I need to know that. We need to know, was, was he good or bad? Yeah, with the Joe But DiMaggio. maybe that's why Joe DiMaggio plays baseball and has a good arm. Yeah, well, I mean, his he's dad still... was always... Throwing his he line used to in, hit the fi- beat the fish to death with a baseball bat. I yeah. was going to say his dad used to throw him fish and then he'd hit <laughs> live fish, yeah. hit it in the yeah. head. If you, if you could hit a, a live wriggling fish, you could hit a fly ball or whatever. <laughs> but a, a, a baseball term, I don't know. Yeah. I think fly balls in the outfield. I don't know. Yeah, you know so much about sports. Thank you. I do. James I really hates do. the sports. I don't hate sports. You hate I just the don't care. I I don't. Every do time I put on any of the sports, yeah, I just don't. 
It's not interesting. Do you have? Is there any sport that appeals to you at all? No. I quite like tennis. Yeah, I oh, like yeah. tennis too. I like tennis. I like watching tennis. Yeah, mm. me is me too. I do get a lot of anxiety though. I recently watched Ash Barty, who was like the number one, and the first time for ages we've had any Australian that's been any good. I oh, know, and not a bad person, <laughs> <I> say, <laughs> which exactly is very refreshing. Not a jerk. That is literally every article written about her starts with how nice she is as a per- as a that's human. She does seem like, so surprised. lovely, but yeah. so she won the French Open. Mm. Big oh. deal. Became number one, but sadly knocked out third round, was it, at Wimbledon? Yeah, in so a surprise she missed upset. out on the quarterfinal. Yeah. But she stepped out for a bit, didn't she? So that's quite good. Well, she went to play cricket because yeah. she needed some headspace. to get. It. They told her to get away from the game for a while and come back, and then she was amazing. That's yeah, good, obviously yeah. works. Yeah. What Joe DiMaggio was doing is like, I'll play baseball and then I'll come back to fishing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Clear my headspace. <laughs> oh, no, I'm one of the best players of all time. <laughs> <laughs> It was all the fish he was hitting. I'm telling you. It must have been. It's his secret weapon. It is. Well, baseball keeps coming out throughout the book. And um, the old man then has a nap and the boy goes out to get some supper, which is actually donated to them by a local cafe. Oh, so it's always getting the food. It's always oh, getting the food. Okay. I see. And the, the old man is overcome with the generosity of the cafe when he wakes up. And the boy's like, oh, we've got some food now. Mm. He's like, oh. that's so lovely. Well, I had food, but I guess this will. Yeah. Because he's keeping up. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. I'll just put this yellow rice in the fridge that I have, definitely. Yeah. Definitely have, yeah. Mm. I'll no. heat it up tomorrow. Yeah. Don't you love the word supper? I always yeah, love these, good. like the classics always have the word supper in it. Mm, I love a supper, don't they? Sounds mm. delicious, supper. Mm, what is it? It's dinner, right? No one knows. No one really knows. <laughs> You're right, I feel nobody like knows. it's eaten late. Like supper is like more like this time because it's what, like 10 o'clock at night or something, mm. 8, 9 o'clock at night. Whatever time it Whatever is. Whatever time it is now. But, you know, you eat it late. It's always hot. Mm. Someone's mother makes One it for you. One of those big you. soup mugs with a oh, yeah. supper. With a broth in it. I always feel like it's biscuits and something nice. Chocolate. Who knows? I mm. don't know. Who knows what I supper s- I is? I seem to remember them. Some, some sort of banana was in this dish. Okay. Okay. Can't recall exactly what the supper was, but mm. they were brought some sort of banana thing. But he loves it. He's so stoked about it. Our old man then falls asleep and begins what is a recurring dream. Apparently, he has over and over again. He dreams of seeing lions on a beach in Africa, something he once saw from a boat when he was working on a ship when he was a younger man, which I really? think is quite impressive. Lions on a beach. How would you see lions from a boat? If on you're cruising beach. alongside the, 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 the oh, coast. Oh, yeah. like down the river. Or like yeah, along the coastline. Yeah, along the coast of... We yeah. lived in Africa for a bit. Lions hang out on the beach? I don't... Yeah, they like to sunbathe, you know. They, do they? keep up their tan. I'm going to Google you know. lions on a beach and see what Cocktails, comes up. Cocktails, banana lounges. I just... Look, you don't have to Google. I just wanted to say that we live in umbrellas. Africa, Dave. Beach umbrellas. Yeah, that, that was the man of the world. That's the man... Oh, I'm, getting away from that. I'm getting some great pics of lions on a beach. I mean... Oh, man. That is a there's so many lions oh, on beaches. so many beaches. Yeah, I will be posting a photo I of that. I did not that live really in Africa long me. enough. Which I did do, though. <laughs> yeah. We actually drove into a pride of lions. We did. We? Killed them all. Oh, my <laughs> God. It did sound like you, you hit them, them over. Then hit them with a baseball bat <laughs> to make right. sure. What, what, so tell us that story because that sounds amazing. But Are also we, deadly. I guess we had a dodgy tour guide where we went to a, a park and like supposed to stay on the track. And he's like, you want to see some lions? We're like, yeah. And so he just drove right over. The, you're not supposed to do it. You get kicked out and fined or whatever. But he just drove right up to him and like. In the car and went right up to the pride. Like, yeah, of a whole yeah. family and they were right of there. Them. And were they annoyed that they you did were that? Give a shit. Yeah. Really, they were no. like, eh. yeah. he said that he knew that they wouldn't jump at us, and I was like, no, no. but I, because they'd already eaten, he said, because they were like rolling around and playing, like chilling. Mm. So they right. weren't like hunting. 
They'd yeah, because they eat like once a week supper. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Because also, I think the thing, the reason why he did it as well is because we hadn't really seen very much, and he kind of they like like some good tips, and so I mm. think he thought he we'd tip oh, him more right. if he found like a pride of lions. Because we, we hadn't really – we'd maybe seen like one giraffe in an hour or something. Mm, and he was yeah. like, oh, got to get these guys something better. So he, he nearly killed us. And we probably tipped him. I yeah. don't also, hippos. No, when we were in Africa, hippos are like yeah, the most dangerous animal. Oh, man, I yeah. love hippos. One yeah. of my favorite animals. Mm. But they're so massive. And when we were on the boat, they just swim underneath it all the time. So you just see like, like you know, 10 hippos kind of surrounding the boat. And if you're in the water, they'll snap your leg off. Oh, more people brutal. die from hippos than lions. Yeah, I think what do they run true, you over yeah. in the night or something? You can't. You're not supposed to camp next to a river in yeah, case they run you down. You yeah, to death they'll stomp you. They're like enough. massive trucks, mm. huge. Yeah, but they're amazing looking. They really are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they really make me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> With me an animal, the more it makes me laugh, the more I like it. That's why my favorite animal is the panda. I just love how helpless they are. They don't <laughs> do themselves any favors. They, are they just really don't. So, they're useless. <laughs> Have you seen them? the footage <laughs> of the guy who's sitting right near the panda cage and it and it grabs him and it no. takes his jacket? So like he's, oh, it, right. it's trying to pull him like in. Oh, I just hit my mic. It's trying to pull him into the cage and people run, rush in to help. Things in Russia or something, and he and it ends up taking his jacket. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Because well, I mean, it's have, a bear. Yeah, so. they, yeah, they have claws, but they're just so very slow moving, and they yeah. actually like eating meat, but they just they just oh. can't really kill much. Oh, they're useless. So if they happen upon meat, they like to eat it. Yeah. But they just don't really kill anything. So that's why they eat bamboo, which has no nutrition at all. So that's why I have to have to eat like fifteen hours a day, <laughs> and sit there, and they just do everything whilst eating bamboo because. That's the only way you can get enough nutrition <laughs> from that terrible plant. Because they like meat, but they're like, oh, I can't get that. Uh, yeah. So that's a bit like koalas. They're like the koala of China and yeah, Russia. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah but koalas I love that, koala eucalyptus. off eucalyptus, though. Like they're yeah, but that's to why they're them. slow moving and they sleep all the time oh, because stone, eucalyptus has zero calories as yeah, well. Yeah, I think you just have mm. to keep eating. Yeah, yeah. They, and it takes a lot to break it down. So they've just literally <laughs> got to just eat the whole time. I also heard about koalas that um, if – you take the leaves off the stem and hand it to them. They don't understand that that is food. They're, they're not very intelligent. Like, they don't recognize that. <laughs> so oh, if you hand them a handful of leaves. Yeah, yeah, they don't understand. They have to, they see it on the on the tree hanging oh. down and go, oh, that's what I eat. But if yeah. you give them the leaf, they're like, what is this? I don't, I don't know what this I is. I love that. No, thank hey, I love you. that. Yeah. The more an animal makes me laugh, the better it is. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, koalas grunt and snort. I've seen one run on legs. Yeah, oh, really? they can, they can yeah. move, man. They're yeah. bloody scary, they those things. Mm. They'll kill you. They won't kill you. Everything Drop will kill you in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Australia is dangerous. It's yeah. so, we are so tough, guys. So, we so tough. And, and you've lived in Africa. I yeah, mean, did I, yes, we're the we toughest. Did. Thank you for yeah, wow. Yeah. 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 Probably well, the two toughest continents ticked off right there. Thank you very correct, much. Correct. Exactly. I mm. know. We're the toughest kids on the block. Maybe in this boring neighborhood <laughs> we live in now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's probably we're not true. We're snakes now. every day, mate. Uh, Don't you worry about that. So many. As a step over one to get in here. <laughs> <laughs> Worried about leaving. <laughs> All right. So he's gone to sleep. He's dreaming of lions in Africa. That keeps coming out throughout the book. It's just like a theme. Recurring theme. Okay. All right. Bit of nice. Lovely. Him thinking of maybe better times, yeah. nicer times. The when highlight he was of his life. Sailing past a lion. Yeah. I mean, I guess you would. You didn't forget seeing lions. That's in the true. Wild. That you is were, incredible, yeah. though, because again, like it's you can't just. It's not in fifties. You can't just look up a video of a lion. Yeah. Like, that's it. You just yeah. see one lion one time. And you time. go, 
whoa. Yeah. Yeah. You don't forget so, it. Yeah, mm. that's so true. Whereas now, like, our son's watching, like, Planet Earth. Yeah. And so today we were in a shop and he saw a picture of a bison was like, he's three, and was like, oh, mum, a bison. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, and then we bought him an oryx because he really likes oryxes. The hell is an oryx? So an oryx is a, t- a very specific type of African sort of um, looks a bit like an antelope, but it's got like crazy as horns. Oh, and like, yeah. And Pearl? it's got like, it's black and tan and white. Okay. I don't know. A little bit like a wildebeest. Are they like spirally horns? No, they're really straight horns. Like uh, they would kill you. They're like like two massive swords on its head. Awesome. Anyway, but he loves it. Cool and and he knows that it's an Oryx. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, I said to him, oh, that's, oh, did you, why, oh, I said to him, would you like um, an antelope? Because he was looking at the oryx and he said, no, mum, it's an oryx. And I said, you are correct. And he's three years old. Yeah. Because he's watched bloody Planet Earth since forever. He loves that show. Knows everything about animals. Yeah. Real smart. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's great. (laughs) Correct. Smarter than a panda anyway. Mm. Let's give him that. Oh, I'd definitely say he is. Yeah. Correct. Already. (laughs) (laughs) Panda don't know no oryx. No, I imagine no. Uh, The next morning, the old man Santiago wakes up very early. It's dark and cold, but he hopes to shiver himself warm. <laughs> Not a great plan, but he's... Oh, my thing God, this is getting more and more uh. sad by the second. Well, he goes and wakes up the boy, Madeline, and together they carry the old man's fishing gear down to his boat, and on the beach, they go their separate ways. Because mm. he's got to go fish with a successful fisherman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the old man begins his journey sailing in a small fishing boat, sailing north from Havana, deep into the Gulf Stream. Still dark at this point, he drops his baited fishing lines at different depths, some of them quite deep, hundreds of metres deep, and they go straight down into the deep water below. He continues to row as the sun comes up, the land slowly disappearing over the horizon, and he is completely alone except for the various sea life that he sees. Flying fish, dolphins, a few small birds, and an animal similar to a jellyfish that I'd never heard of called Portuguese Man of War. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Would your son be able to identify a Portuguese man of war? <laughs> I doubt it. I would, I don't know. Possibly. I, I wouldn't put it so. past him. Oh, I didn't know him. He knows what a narwhal is. Yeah. That's not a Portuguese man of war. Yeah, but narwhal, I mean, really. I couldn't, I couldn't identify. I know I've heard of it, but I couldn't. If you lined up some jellyfish, I wouldn't Yeah, because like it's, it's technically not a jellyfish, not an octopus. It was a different type of creature, mm. sort of halfway mm. in between. Don't quote me on that, animal fans. And, um, <laughs> but, but poisonous. And I was like, Portuguese man of war? What does this 1950s speak? People still call them that. Okay. I, I was not aware. Wow. Why do they call them man of war? Are they like, so they're poisonous? Yeah. So mm. you don't want to get stung by them, ah. which he has before. And they say he avoids them. It doesn't take long for a fish to bite and the old man hauls it in. But it hasn't broken his drought as it's just a 10 pound tuna. So this doesn't count. That's quite good though. A 10 pound tuna? Mm. Mm. I... I wouldn't kick that out of bed. Well, he's hoping. <laughs> yeah, come on <laughs> I in. I would. Tuna. I'd be like, you put this <laughs> what are you tuna doing? in my bed. <laughs> Especially if it's still alive. Yeah, no thank I, you. I think I've my, just uh, meant that I would eat it. I'm no Troy McClure. Who's Troy McClure? He's, he's, got a, he's got a weird fish thing. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> thing with the fish? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Simpsons fans. They'll, fish Yeah, they'll get that. They'll get that. They'll be like, you're cool. Yeah, one time down at the aquarium. Yeah. Yeah. The only other fish reference that I have is that game that we used to play when we did kids camps called This is a Fish, a Water, Water, Fish, a Fish. I remember that. I love that it game. It was pointless and I do not like it. It was so good. It's an icebreaker game. So you just turn to your pal and you pretend to have a fish and you're like, this is a fish. And then you have to say, a what? what? And, then you and say I a say, fish. a fish. 
and, and then I you do take it to it the next person. And you pass it along. This is a fish. I want to watch to fish a fish. We can do it now if you want, Dave. It's so fun. So it's such I a would fun say time. to you, this is a fish. Yeah, yeah. and I would say a what? A what? And a, you would say a what? A what? And I would say a fish. And you would say a fish. A fish. Yeah. And then you move on. And then Does it get longer it and longer? The... Yeah, but then you change it. So you like, instead of saying a fish, you might say, this is a panda. And you go, a what? And I go, a what? And you say a panda. And then I say a panda. And I and say, this pass. is a dull game. <laughs> <laughs> a what? You heard me. Yeah. <laughs> well, he knows how to play the game. It's, we a, real, I, it's a great icebreaker. Like, so everyone gets mad because it's dumb. And then oh everyone starts laughing and you're all bonded and And cozy. they all turn on the person who brought it up. <laughs> Everyone's around yeah. the campfire having mm. good old-fashioned fun time. Mm. Yep. Do you do this in Africa? No, I don't believe so. Where I'm sure they've got a localised no, version. No, I played well, it with the kids in my there, grade though. in oh, Africa. We did play it in Africa. Oh, yeah, yeah. We actually, we the did kids too. in my yeah, grade right. loved it in That's Africa because they were learning how to speak English. Yeah. They were oh. like loving it. thought it was a real stupid fun game. I've forgotten that, but you're right. We, we did, did live in Africa. <laughs> I've we, we also did a, about it. We did a mini Olympics in Africa with we the did. kids. Yeah. And seeing like ginormous, like seven foot tall African teenagers play limbo is a whole thing. They're incredible. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Cal- remember Calvin, who yeah. was ginormous, like he would have been seven foot. He could just bend his entire body to the point where he was just like a foot off the ground. I couldn't understand it. It was Crazy. Yeah, he ruined his back that day. So. <laughs> yeah. Permanently in limbo mode. Anyway, we've only just got him back in the ocean. I know. Right. I'm just trying to bring the mood up because this story is breaking my heart every minute. It's going to take a turn. Okay, so he's got the Ill. fish. He's got the tuna, yeah, and but he, he says, can't eat it because it's too small. But he says out loud to himself that he can use this tuna to bait a larger fish. Very oh, good. mate. And he continues to wonder aloud to himself when it was that he started talking to himself out loud like this, but he can't remember. He thinks that if anyone heard him, they'd think he was crazy, especially the other fishermen, but he doesn't care. So he's just, he's alone out there. Yeah, I understand. Of course you do. Suddenly, Mm. a fish bites. (gasps) Well, it starts tugging on the line and he hopes that the fish will find the bait and bite onto the hook and be caught. The fish, what he assumes is a marlin, eventually takes the bait and is hooked. Our old man tries to pull on the line a few times, but the fish doesn't give an inch. The fish must be big as it physically drags the boat further and further out, almost like he's being towed along oh, now. Oh, snap. Ooh. He's got a big fish, people. <laughs> That's my song for big fish. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. You're going to have to remember that later on because this is a big fish. <laughs> this is a big fish. This is the fish. Actually, I was going to say, no, it's the sea. I was going to say, this is the fish referred to in the title, but that is the sea. He's on the sea referred to in the title. Gotcha. Where okay, he finds gotcha. this fish. Gotcha. Oh, a fish. A what? A what? The old man holds the line in his hands and at varying times attaches more length to it in case he needs to give it more slack. Good call. So he basically gives up the other lines, ties them to the end of this line because he's like, this is, this is it. Mm. This is my fish. This continues all afternoon and then into nightfall. Holy hell. Holy moly. Cold and alone, the old man sits all night holding the line, constantly repeating to himself, I wish the boy was here. Oh, my God. This is the saddest story in the world. It's a bit sad. Oh, it's sad. He's doing okay. He's spent 24 hours holding the line. What's his job? He wishes he wasn't alone. I wish the boy was here. Also, he is saying... 
for a company and also to help me get this massive fish. Oh, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, I get that I'm an old man. It's going to be very difficult. I'm an old man. This is the sea. This is not my idea. Refer to in the title. Correct. a very big fish. Probably just snagged on a rock. Yeah, it's just a very... He's got like a submarine or something. I kind of reel this thing in. Well, the old man, uh, speaking of sad stories, Claire, uh, here, we, here we have another one. Remember the time oh boy. when he caught a another female marlin and her companion, a male marlin, first swam with her as she was hooked. And then as the old man hoisted her into the boat, the ma- male marlin swam alongside and then even dived into the air to see what was happening to his companion oh, before diving God. deep and never being seen again. This memory saddens the old man, but he knows that as a fisherman, his job is to fish, and that even though he has a great respect for the fish, he must catch them and then inevitably kill them. Sure. Is that a metaphor oh, for him and his Lord. wife or whatever? Well, it's just, this is repeating throughout the whole book. So he, he talks out loud to the fish a lot of the time, uh, paying okay. his respects, being yeah. like, I love you, fish. Get in the boat. But i got to get you. Yeah. I love you, but you're really making this difficult. Yeah. You're making this, hard. You're making <laughs> so, this really hard. This is disrespectful. So his wife is dead. And then he killed a fish's wife. Yeah. And then he's just alone on the boat. I mean, it was now, probably just two fish. And now that other fish is. Yeah, I know. He couldn't tell. Was, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know if they were married. One of them had a ring on. Yeah. <laughs> it was their honeymoon. Mm. Oh, mate. Okay. Well, well, the sun rises and the fish is still pulling, showing no signs of tiring other than swimming in slightly shallower water. The line comes up a little bit, but it's still pulling. The man must keep tension on, on the line or it could break and also worries that the hook will come loose and that the fish will be able to swim away. So he actually has to hold the line with the tension. Time, yeah. And he's been doing this for about 16 hours already. Holy hell. Wow. His hope is that eventually the fish will surface and jump out of the water, meaning that the air sacs along its back will fill with air and then it will no longer be able to dive deep. Buoyancy. Yeah, I didn't know that about this, know that this type of fish. I didn't know that either. Comes up, dives, gets air, air sacs full, and because it's got so much air in it, it can't Floats dive away. deep. And then he's, he can, you can pull it closer. Oh, that's good. That's so interesting. Mm. So basically all he must do is hold on for dear life. Yeah. He's nearly pulled overboard as the marlin picks up speed, but is able to hold onto the line despite it cutting into his hand. But his hands are covered in scars. He's done this before. He knows what he's doing. He decides. Somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Almost. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, he decides to eat the. <laughs> <laughs> because he's not a great fisherman. He's, he's had a run of bad luck. Clearly not that great. That, yeah. I mean, there was one time where for 12 weeks and three days he didn't catch a thing. Exactly. Fair enough. That's yeah. Matt's. Yeah. <laughs> that was really impressive. I know you're like Ray Man. <laughs> well, he decides to eat the tuna he caught, which he was going to use for bait, eating it raw and cursing himself for not bringing along any lime or any salt. Because <laughs> it would. tastes pretty you bad. Would, yeah. But he knows he must eat it to maintain his strength against the great fish below. Mm. The old man's weaker hand, his left, begins to badly cramp and he curses his age and wearying body. The cramp is so bad in his left hand that he can't even use it. But he hopes in time he will regain a bit of the strength and movement in his hand. Mm. Because now he's holding on with one hand. (laughs) The fish suddenly surfaces and shows itself to its captor and and reveals to the old man its great size. Santiago can't believe his eyes. It's the biggest fish he's ever seen or even heard of and is in fact two feet longer than his entire boat. Holy heck. Holy it's a, Moses. It's a big fish. The fish then dives again. and Despite not being religious, the old man says ten Hail Marys and promises that if he's able to catch this monster, he'll make a pilgrimage to the Virgin of Cobra or Cobra. That's the other saint his wife had a picture of on the wall of their home. So he's like, I'll make a pilgrimage, mm-hmm. especially if I get this 
fish. I'll take the fish. How's he going to get it home, though, if it's bigger than his boat? He's going to put it in the boat. He's have a little bit hanging out of the boat. I I'll just drag yeah. it behind him. Oh, you're imagining James, he's got two feet hanging over the edge of yeah, the boat. Yeah, yeah. And then he's sitting on top of the giant fish. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The boat will sink. It's a skiff, which I'm assuming is a small boat. Is that correct? It was, it was it's very sick. yeah. It's, it's small enough to row with oars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon you'd have to pull the fish behind the boat. I reckon he's going to drown. Oh god! You don't think he's even going to get the fish? I feel like maybe he's going to become a merman or something. I don't know. I, I don't think. I think that's the least likely thing to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It's that. Didn't you know about that famous book Hemingway wrote about the old man and the merman? <laughs> not familiar with that. Doesn't sound very good. Well, you're not as well read as me. <laughs> that so. is true. The yeah. old man and the merman. <laughs> okay. Well, the old man wonders to himself, how many people will he feed, he thought? But are they worthy to eat him? No, of course not. There is no one worthy of eating him from the manner of his behaviour and his great dignity. Oh, it's not going to be the one let him go kind of situation, is it? Well, he thinks a lot about, a lot mm. about this fish, sort of humanises him a lot. But after 24 hours of holding onto the line and feeling very sore, the old man thinks of his favourite baseball player, the great Joe DiMaggio. Yahoo! And how he plays on despite having bone spurs. (laughs) (laughs) The old man is unsure what a bone spur is, Uh... but he has heard that it's quite painful and he takes comfort and inspiration from this. (laughs) He should, and it's great for draft dodging as well. that's so funny? Yeah. Am I thinking because it's like boner spurs? Well, it's, it's, like it was famously uh, it, oh, was, wow. it was a fake medical, medical excuse used by Donald Trump to dodge the draft. The oh, Vietnam, is yeah. that why you're laughing? Oh, yeah. oh, bone okay. spurs. spurs yeah. Oh, not bonus. Well, spurs. they say fake. And I mean fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's possible. Allegedly. That yeah, guy allegedly. doesn't lie ever. No, he never has. Truthful. Not mm. in his own eyes anyway. No. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Our old man also takes comfort reminiscing about the time he won, quote, the great hand game, which sounds super weird. Here we go. <laughs> That's really I'm interested. interesting. But it's his way of describing arm wrestling. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah. Uh. He once fought a, uh, a champion of arm wrestling and the match went for 24 hours and caused each man's nails to bleed from the pressure. Holy moly. But they were both gross. too stubborn to quit. Eventually, the old man, then a young man, sure. put an end to it all and pinned his opponent, earning him great respect and the title of El Campeon, a.k.a. the champion. Yes. Oh. This is an example of the strength, stubbornness and mental toughness, toughness of our main character. Yeah. Yeah. Hang that. on. So he won. Yeah, so he won. And he re- he thinks about that time. He's like, all right, hey, I did that. Now I'm an old man, but still, I've got some tricks left. That's I right. bled yeah, from my does. fingers that time to win that game. Yeah, yeah. the hand game. The hand, the game Basically, of the hand. Marlon, I've seen it all. Mm. Correct. Yes. Well, he has, because then the old man catches a dolphin on one of the other lines and hauls <laughs> it in. It must be a small dolphin, because he, he says it very casually. He just pulls in a dolphin. A do- yeah, it must yeah. be a very, very small dolphin, because he... <laughs> <laughs> he that's pulls that's it in. my dolphin noise. Did you, you eat like dolphins? That? Did you like that dolphin noise? It was very good. 
You eating dolphins? I guess. Yeah, so. yeah, I guess. I, yeah. I feel like they would be very tough, though. Yeah, the, what? like they some of it. Yeah, you get through the skin. Aren't they also really smart? I heard they were smarter than not uh, this one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he got yeah, he caught. Got, and he also, well, he, he wasn't even trying. Well, he yeah. hauls it in and clubs it. Nice, oh knowing that he'll God. need to, the meat to keep him going. He decides to have a rest. He's eating raw dolphin. <laughs> he ate a raw dolphin. Well, he actually doesn't eat it yet. He All puts right. it down, and says, "I'll eat this later." Save <laughs> <laughs> this delicious dolphin snack. Mm. He lies, lies down for a rest, but can't sleep. He puts the line under his back instead of holding it with his hands, and sort of sort of leans against it. Okay. Uh, he rests for two hours, but does not sleep and is worried that his lack of proper rest will mean his mind become unclear. Mm. Uh-oh. We all know that story. <coughs> we do. Yeah. You've got to the get your eight in. hours in. Yeah. yeah. It's real important. I agree. It's very important. But he's had yeah. zero hours and he's mm. been up for like 30 now holding onto a line. I am worried about him. Well, he, he forces himself yep. to eat part of the dolphin and also he opens up the dolphin's stomach and inside the stomach are two smaller fish nice. that he also eats. Oh, gross. God. This is awful. So it can't be that big a... I mean, that small a dolphin, can it? No. But he does fall asleep after this meal and he dreams again of the lions on the beach in Africa. Okay. I see. Recurring scene. Yeah. Does that come back in any way that's meaningful? You tell me. I can't. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> Well, we'll find out together. <laughs> well, the old man is rudely awoken when the fish again surfaces and jumps out of the water, pulling the man by the line onto the floor of the boat and nearly overboard. His face is smashed into the remains of the dolphin. Oh, my God. He's like, which he finds a bit gross. Eventually, he's able to uh, get away from the dolphin, but he, uh, he has it on his face and he actually washes it off thinking that the smell might make him vomit. And he's like, if I vomit, I'll be weak. I won't be... He was always thinking about staying strong. Smart. This guy he's knows. He's very yeah. about looking after his mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And fish. He looks out. Yeah. But his physical health, not so much, because his hand is badly cut. <gasps> And he again wishes out loud. I wish the boy was here. Yeah. Good oh, hand or bad boy. hand? Uh, left hand again. Okay. Mm. So the worst hand. Yeah. But still, yeah. you need both hands. You need both for, for hauling. For dolphin clubbing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the sun rises now on his third day at sea, and the man is thankful that the marlin is slowly showing signs of tiring out. It starts to circle the boat at first large circles, but then the man is able to pull it in. A little bit, a little bit every rotation. Okay. It takes all of his strength and at times he feels dizzy and starts to see black spots. But he's experienced these things before. So uh, he doesn't get worried about it. He admires the fish and says out loud that, quote, Never have I seen a greater or more beautiful or calmer or m- more noble thing than you, brother. Come on and kill me. I do not care who kills who. Whoa. So now he's dueling the thing. Philosophical. Yeah. Well, the fish gets closer and closer and then swims under the boat. And again, Santiago cannot believe how big it is. The fish, the fish eventually is alongside the boat and the man is able to hold it as he grabs his harpoon and stabs the mighty fish, driving the spear deep into its heart. The fish struggles, but it's done for and eventually falls still, leaving a pool of blood behind it. Thank goodness. He's killed the great fish. Wow. Excellent. Okay. So he's eaten a dolphin. Eating the dolphin's stomach. Fell into a dolphin's guts. And now he's harpooned a giant, giant fish. fish yeah. He's harpooned it. 
This boat sharks? must be bigger than I imagine because he had a harpoon harpoon plus what? a dolphin. Harpoons aren't. They could be like, you know, a metre or so long. Yeah, like oh, a long Tell me side. all the things you know about harpoons. Yes. <laughs> it's barbed on the end. It's got like a hook on it. Like Did you uh, come across one when you lived in Africa? It's funny you should mention that. <laughs> no, I came across many African traditions, all of which I remember. But no Right, harpoons. because yeah. you lived there. <laughs> I lived there. I was quite, there for quite a long stuff. time, yeah. <laughs> like, <you> <laughs> well, now it's... So he's killed the fish. Now it's time to see who was right about what he does with the giant fish. Okay. Okay. James thinks he's getting it in the boat and sitting on the fish. Correct. Claire thinking he's going to tow it. Yeah, of course. I will give the points here to Claire. <laughs> what? It's too large yeah. to get into the boat because it is bigger than the boat and he can't lift it. It's just way... It weighs, it's yeah. like putting a couch yeah. in the car or whatever. Exactly. You have it hanging out the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get a couple of Oki straps. Exactly. Tie that thing down. Yeah. Okay, I can Duck see. Tape it. Oh, look, yeah. I... And the fish expert. I guess I've you are. Damn right. the podcast. Yeah. We've got Thank one you. harpoon expert, one fish expert. That's why I brought <laughs> you here. You can make sense of this. No, it's too large to get into the boat, so he straps it alongside mm. and wonders if he's bringing the great fish home or it's the other way around because oh, it's bigger than good. him. Yeah. The old man set, sets up his makeshift sail and heads for home, which by this point is a long, long, long way away. Mm. He's been sailing for three days, being pulled basically, Whoa. being towed out to sea. Yeah. I really respect this old man. He's got a lot of mental toughness. That's true. He's he certainly tough. does. And yeah. physically tough. And hands tough too. He's got hand good hands tough. He's hand tough. He's got yeah. hand tough, yeah, mm. which is the best I would have the cut the line tough. like immediately. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I can't be bothered. Yeah. Well, he actually, now he's got this, he actually says to himself, my, uh, my, I think, does he say, my slave work, so my very hard work is only just beginning. Oh, He's got oh. the fish. Now he's got to get he's back. Get back. And, and it's he's... massive. It'll be so heavy. It's so big. Mm. What a heavy fish. And also, it's bleeding a lot. Yeah, right. So an hour into the journey, sharks. what is ominously, ominously described as, quote, the first of the sharks arrives. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> Santiago knew this would happen with the blood spilling into the water and all, and he is prepared to fight with his harpoon. This shark, a mako shark, bites onto the marlin's carcass and takes a chunk of meat with him and spills even more blood into the water, probably attracting even more sharks. Mm. But the old man steadies himself and plunges the harpoon deep into the shark's brain, killing it. But when the dead uh, dead shark sinks, it takes the harpoon with it. Oh, no! Oh, he's got no harpoon! So he loses his harpoon. (gasps) Uh Uh-oh! Two hours later, two more sharks arrive and he is able to kill them by attaching a knife to an oar and stabbing them. He's resourceful. This guy is. is like the Rambo of fishermen. Yeah. Absolutely. I am. The MacGyver of full fishermen. Full of <laughs> respect. Mm. However, they are able to take more than a quarter of the marlin's good meat because there's two sharks, so it takes him a while to kill them. He apologises to the marlin, realising that he should never gone out that far to sea and that he's doomed to them both. Then he uses a line out of an action film. Okay. This is when he's uh, got the two sharks there and he's stabbing them both. Quote, he twisted the blade and as, as the shark slid loose, he said... Go on, Galano, which is a, a slang term for a shark in this case. Slide down a mile deep. Go and see your friend. Or maybe it's your mother. <laughs> great line. Oh, great, great line. line. She just killed two sharks. Oh, my God. This guy is so cool. That's wild. He's much cooler than you, James. Wow. No, he is. Maybe oh. not cooler than Dave. No, that's not true. Oh, no, well, no. I don't know. Be. I don't think Both you, you, well, all three of you have lived in Africa. <laughs> I personally <laughs> haven't. I personally haven't. And we've all seen lions. That's yeah. Good point, yeah. Cool. Yep. Mm. Never harpooned a shark, Lou. No. Or maybe you have no. harpoon expert. No, I've caught a shark. Remember we lived up Oh, north. yeah, you have. Yeah. And a stingray. I've a stingray. As well. What do you do with them? Can you do anything I with them? I just cut it. You cut it because, you know. It was st- a little shark. 
well, you'd pull up the fish and then you pull up like, you're like, I got a huge fish. And then it sort of suddenly goes light and then you just pull up the head. Because a shark like took. Oh, no. Sharks ruin everything. Yeah. We've we've lived a lot of places though. We've lived lives. <laughs> You've lived Don't a you life. worry about yeah. that, mate. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm genuinely curious what's gonna happen. Okay. Well, so now he's lost a quarter of the meat, but mm. he's still he's sailing on. Okay. Another shark arrives, and again he kills it. What about us with mm. the knife? Whoa. But this time the knife breaks. This and guy li- should be a shark killer. Yeah. Does he yell like, it's your mother, whatever yeah. he said. Yeah. <laughs> well, each time he's apologizing to the marlin and being like, hey, I've killed a lot of sharks, if that makes up for it. Like, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm tra- even though he's killed the marlin, he still feels like it's his job to protect it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because okay. he has like a relationship yeah, with Yeah, got a relationship. And he's also like, if they eat you, then I've killed you for nothing. If I was murdered, I right, and, and the murderer put me in the trunk of the car, the body, and then was. Or and just then, dragged uh, you behind. Sure, either way. Yeah. And the <laughs> cops are trying to get him. And he, ca- and he keeps killing all these cops. He's like, don't worry, I'm killing all these cops. Don't, don't even worry about it. I'd still be like, yeah, but you're a bad bloke. Yeah, you, you, mur- you killed me. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm but not the impressed. cops aren't eating you, though. No, I, like I guess. Yeah, but ch- yeah, good point. You're right. My metaphor does not hold up. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he fights off this shark and kills it, but his knife breaks this time and leaves him bladeless. <gasps> Just before nightfall, two more sharks arrive, and he's able to beat them away by clubbing them. But even oh more of the fish, fish's valuable meat is stripped away. Hours pass and then in the dead of the night, a pack of sharks arrive and with no light or candle to see with him, the o- old man knows all is lost. He isn't able to see the sharks but still tries his best to strike out at the sound of their teeth. He fights some off but ultimately for nothing as they strip off all of the meat. Oh, man. Oh, my God. After exerting himself protecting the fish, the old man feels a pain in his chest and tastes copper in his mouth and spits blood into the water. He's worried by this, but continues to sail on towards home. The lights of Havana coming closer and closer and guiding him home. He finally pulls into the, into the port in the middle of the night and no one is around. The Marlin's giant skeleton is still tied to the side of the boat. He gets out and basically collapses on the pier. He takes down the heavy mast and tries to carry it back to his shack, but he's so tired and weak he falls down five times before before finally making it home where he collapses onto his bed made of newspapers and falls into a deep deep sleep so at least he's home but the yeah, fish good. there's no Toast. meat left to sell imagine getting home after three days and you're like ah my deliciously comfortable bed of news <laughs> that is the worst freaking thing i've ever heard I never compared to sleeping boat, you know the yeah. wooden boat what would you rather with sleep? a comfortable. face full of dolphin guts yeah I oh guess god that's pretty than, gross yeah, yeah it really is. it's pretty <laughs> gross so he's finally fallen asleep the next day the young boy manolin finds the old man asleep in his shack and the sight of his friend's cut-up hands cause him to cry. Still crying, the boy leaves to get some coffee and sees some other fishermen down on the pier who inquire about the old man. Some of them are measuring the skeleton of the marlin, still tied to the old man's boat, and it is measured at 18 feet or five and a half metres long. Five and a half metres long! From nose to tail. And when I Google marlin length, 14 feet is considered a a big one, so it's four feet longer than that. Holy hell. So it was huge. Yeah. So big! The yeah. owner of the shop where he buys the coffee acknowledges to the boy that there's never been such a fish caught and to pass on to Santiago and tell him how sorry he is. So everyone knows like how, how destroyed it must be to be out to see it three days and bring back the biggest fish of your life and then... Have it, it eaten by sharks. eaten on the way. Yeah. yeah, is that a metaphor for his whole life? Yes. He worked so hard and still got nothing. And he sucks. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying he sucks. I'm saying his life he sucks. sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Well, the old man wakes up and tells Manolin, uh, quote, they beat me, Manolin. They truly beat me, referring to the sharks. I mean, I beat them with an oar. Yeah. yeah. But I killed like, I killed like six of them, but yeah. they ate my meat. He tells the boy that he can keep the long, sharp spear from the head of the marlin. Cool. It's a bit of a, you know. Oh, gift. Bit of a gift, a keepsake. The boy reveals that because he was gone three nights, the old man, a search party of the Coast Guard and planes were sent to look for him. But obviously, he says, it's a big sea out there. They wouldn't see a skip. No. The boy then tells the man that he caught four fish whilst he was away and that now that they can fish together again and to hell with his parents. They have three days to prepare whilst they wait for a storm to blow over. But after that, when, they're, when he's recovered, they can be a team together again. Uh, the novel ends with tourists on a terrace overlooking the ocean and one of them asks the waiter what the backbone of the marlin, now floating in the ocean as garbage, waiting to be taken out to sea is. The waiter struggles to explain what had happened in English and she misinterprets and thinks he tells her that it's just a shark. Right. The final line is, quote, up the road, in his shack, the old man was sleeping again. He was still sleeping on his face and the boy was sitting by him, watching him. The old man was dreaming about lions. <laughs> what? I don't understand. End quote, end book. What? Okay, Dave, are you going to explain to us all the metaphors and things? Well, I mean... I don't understand. There's plenty in there, isn't there? You know, yeah. Battling against yourself, battling against the sea. Age, wisdom. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Eating dolphins. Eating dolphin, dolphin eating, obviously. Being alone. Yeah. yeah. Loneliness. Yeah. Death. Lots clean, of things in there. shirts. Dragging a giant fish behind you, and even though you caught the biggest, most wonderful thing of your whole life, it gets eaten by sharks anyway. Because it's also like people care, and people are like, This is cool, you caught this fish, but it's never going to get out of the village, really, is it? Because the woman's like, What do you, th- what's well, this? it just ends up as trash. And they can't sure. even, because well, he kind of get he gets the kudos, the credit of, yeah. Hey, wow, you, you caught that fish, but then also he gets none of the yeah. financial incentive because he didn't get to sell the, the pounds and pounds and pounds of meat. Yeah, which he was—he calculated. Uh, what did he say? I need a piece of paper to work out. He tried to work out. Oh, how many pounds he reckons this weighs? And at six cents a pound back in the day, how much? And he goes, I'll need a piece of paper to work out because it's oh, wow. that much meat. And Whoa. he's sort of licking his lips a bit and being like, you know, to the, the fish that he was very, very attached to. Yeah, and basically his only companion out there on the sea. And he's like, well, you didn't die for nothing because at least you know lots of people will eat you, even though they don't. They don't truly deserve yeah, it. And I'll have money and, and stuff. I, yeah, exactly. I can keep living my life, but then uh, he ends up getting nothing. <laughs> but at least Aww, he gets his boy but back. he gets his yes, boy. Yes, that's right. The boy yeah. comes back to him. Mm. Yeah, well, that's nice. Friendship. And the friendship continues. Yeah, it's not all grim. No. Yeah, I really, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Usually I, I get you guys to give a score out of five based, sure. based on what you hear. Because it probably seems like what I'm telling it's quite a, it is quite a simple story, really. Yeah. Just one scene, one three-day snapshot in one poor Cuban man's life. Mm. But I, uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. But what, do, what would you guys give a score out of five? Oh, you go first. I'm going to say a four because I, I, like I said, it had me hooked the entire time. There is kind of a, um, there's a hope. There's like a hope to it at the end, I guess, which is an element of I like, but that I like. But it is kind of this. I don't know. There, there's also a bit of disappointment in the kind of like. He wasn't killed, and he didn't win, so he just kind of continues. But I guess that's life, isn't it? Yeah, you that just, is life, isn't it? It's like, well, you go, have something so. bad happens, and then you just and then you just keep just another going day until something gets you eventually. I guess, yeah. Be that shark or or with a knife attached to the end, something will get you. What about you, Claire? You might get a harpoon to the brain. To the brain, yeah. 
Um, oh, it's very sad, but I think I'm going to give it a five because it's making me think a lot. It's one of those books that I would have loved to study in high school. Right, well, because I, it, there's so many layers. I think this is uh, suggested quite a lot because it is studied, especially in American high schools, yeah. I've been reading. Mm. Oh, yeah, because it's one of those books that initially you're like, well, this is kind of boring or kind of, <laughs> wow. I don't know, flat. Or, like, just not like, that much happens. Yeah, no, you're right. It's just not that literally many characters. 85% of it mm. is one man inside one small raft. But I think I prefer yeah. that to like a big action book and then. You know, Jack Clancy's got a handgun, and the CIA have betrayed him, and whatever. Like, I yeah, yeah, because like I, totally, I, totally, I definitely wouldn't describe it as a page turner, but at yeah. the end of it, you feel a bit like, huh. You but you've got also gone through something like a journey. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. that. Or maybe it's that you're thinking; it makes you think. Like mm. the whole way through, you're you're just not sure where it's going to go. It doesn't have like a normal narrative arc, mm. so it's kind of like a little snapshot into into somebody's life that very feasibly could have you know be happening right now mm. Mm, yeah and i th- i like um like i expected him oh, the whole time i was like will he let this fish go i thought that was going to be yeah. a thing and then i thought will he die and then he sort of grabs his chest and spits out blood and i yeah. thought oh he's going to die they're both yeah. going to die yeah but then it didn't and i kind of liked that because it wasn't a big dramatic finish it was just his life continues yeah. and then yeah. he kept having that dream about lines about his youth Mm. And, you know, just life continuing and thinking he about... Did, he did two good, yeah. three good things. He caught, Better time. He caught a fish, big fish, saw a lion, and he won an arm wrestle. Yeah. And he thinks yeah. about those, yeah. those big moments in his life. Yeah. And that obviously has this boy that's just devoted to him. Mm. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. What did you think? I was just going to say that I, my score is four and a half out of five. So oh, yeah? I really Fair. did like it. So did you? Was it something that you enjoyed more as you were reading it? As you, you kind of got more invested in the character, was that? Yeah, yeah. Because mm. I was just wondering where where is this going to go? Yeah. What is going to happen? Yeah, mm. I, so I just described it as not a page turner, but I still was like, where? Yeah. where are you it's going not, with this? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, I get what you yeah, mean. It doesn't though, yeah. have a normal story like narrative. I thought. I think I was. I'm used to those sort of short stories where. At the end, it turns out that it was a body of a man or something. Yeah, right. But you it was nothing. I mean? It was just like, this, this happened. Yeah. What, how do you feel about it? Yeah, yeah totally. exactly. Or like... Actually, the fish caught like, him and was dragging yeah. him back to... Or you know how I was joking before about being a merman or that he was going to become a merman? But there are were, myths like that, That was a right? joke. That I thought you were... he becomes a part of the ocean. Well, not a joke. But you know yeah. what I mean? Like, there, there are stories like that where he, like, you know, gets, I don't know, disappears into the sea and yeah. lives with the merfolk or, like... <laughs> Gets swallowed up by the giant fish and lives in the like Noah in the whale or something yeah, right, like that. Yeah. But that nothing like that happened. It I just, just carries you. on. Me? Didn't I? No, I didn't think so. Huh. Okay. Well, I'd, I'll keep talking then. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, but nothing major like that happens, which is, I guess, life. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Good on you, Hemingway. He's an all right writer, I, I suspect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that suspicion. <laughs> I suspect. Yeah. yeah. Makes you think. Mm. Should have been a merman. Why did so right. many people recommend it, do you reckon? Is it because they studied at school, do you think? Well, there were a few people saying that oh, I studied this in school and I either did like it or didn't like it. Uh, one mm. of them told me, uh, what was the one? One of, the, one of the people, I'm so sorry. It's hard to look up very quickly. But yeah. um, I remember the description of why I should do it was like, uh, I, I didn't like it at school, but then I also didn't like The Great Gatsby and you made me appreciate that a bit more. So I thought you could 
try the same again. The so same let me know how to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought you did really well. I agree. I was really you really invested. wove that tale. Oh, thanks. I was a bit worried that because there is so much of it is like a mental struggle in his mind of just him thinking about yeah talking to the shark and uh, sorry to, what to the sharks, but also talking to the marlin, the marlin, and thinking about I wish the boy was here, and then thinking about his other stuff. I thought that you know summarizing it. it might feel a bit like, oh, he just went in a boat for a bit. Oh, yeah. But, like, you know, it was a bit of a mental and physical struggle for him. Yeah. So, hopefully, that some of that came across. Yeah. What do you think the lions mean? I still don't understand. What do they mean? I think Why he's just thinking, he... longing for his sort of his youth and thinking about a simpler and, and better yeah. time. And also, I like that it, it keeps coming up. So, it's just... Sort of this thing that he... It's clearly something that resonated with him. Yeah, sort of a circular mm. narrative, you know. It just keeps keeps coming back. And every time he sleeps, I think it's three times throughout the book. And yet, to finish on it. I bet those lions never think about him. Yeah, I bet they never do. (laughs) Bet the sharks don't either. It's killed them all. No, he killed them all, yeah. Didn't kill them all. No, he didn't kill them all. No, the ones in the dark. Got a lot of them, though. How, you know what I find so spooky? Because I really find deep water terrifying and the whole idea of the ocean because we don't know what the hell is in there. No. What's in the ocean? And this is like, I think, you know. One of the lines he goes out to where it, it the land underneath the water drops off like a uh, yeah like yeah a shelf yeah like a shelf drops off and there's like a deep deep channel and I think it's oh. like kilometers deep. Type oh, it's spooky if you ever like so swam spooky. out over one of those. It looks like you're gonna fall. Like it's wow. No, it's terrifying. I think I would be terrified of that. And also, it's yeah. dark down there. So he he is yeah. ho- when when he first feels the fish biting along the line, he's hoping that it will find. He says, I hope you'll find it in the darkness. And that made me think, oh, yeah, it's so deep down there that it, mm. you can't see anything. No, you can't. Nope. And that's what I mean. Like, the, our planet is mostly ocean. We don't know what is in there. There's all these giant things swimming around in there. Could and the be a idea. Megalodon. Yeah, there could be all kinds of tentacly weird, light yeah, fish. Giant squids. Giant, like, swirly things at the bottom of the ocean. And so if you're out there, pitch black, all alone in a boat. Holy moly. Isn't the tallest mountain on earth underwater? It's like an underwater mountain, like bigger than Everest. Yeah, I'd mm. say so. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mm. Like we don't know what's in there. It's like the Meg, that classic film oh, that we went and saw the, about the, the Megalodon. The of the Meg with Jason Statham. <laughs> is it based on a book? It's a classic. I believe it is. <laughs> oh, wow. But no, you should read the movie adaptation. It's all about like, I just read the script of the Meg. Yeah. All that stuff. But anyway, I just thought that's so... Um, like the, that a whole idea of being alone and frail oh, for sure. and sailing, in the middle of the ocean. Well, you know, t- through 10 hours of darkness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah the and worst. The, there are oh, points where he talks about how the moon is covered, so he's got no light, so it is basically pitch black. <laughs> oh, and yeah. it's just sort of, you can hear, you can hear porpoises moving around him. Mm. Oh, and he finds comfort in that, but I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. no. I, don't, I don't like this. And then there's just these sharks going. <laughs> yeah, and you can hear them like ripping off and he's yeah. trying to. Hit them over the head. Oh, and you're right. He's an old man. Yeah. Mate. Terrifying. Anyway, if he was real, he'd be dead because it was 1951. That's right. We can take solace in that. It's all those lions. Cool. Spooky. Do you think it would be a worse fate to, you know, be like that, like alone in the middle of the ocean and just like pulled over the side of the boat and die like that or to to die by being eaten by a lion on a beach? Oh, oh my goodness! I, I think the drowning would probably be more peaceful. I don't want to get torn apart. But I'm talking about like dark, like 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 that old man on the boat. Except that 
the the sharks are all snapping, and instead of him like spearing them with the thing, they drag him over. And either and way, he you're dies. gonna die. So, oh, right? so you, yeah, it, either way, you're gonna die. So it's either so eaten by sharks, or eaten by lions. Yeah, but like the lions, you're on a beach, and the lions just like chuffing along, and it sees you and it eats you. Boom! I but you're like, like with friends, and it's sunny. I feel like I <laughs> you're with friends. It's <laughs> horrific for them. Yeah, I don't want to be with friends. Well, no, I don't want them to see my me friends. torn like, apart. Watch so, this. You're gonna watch me get eaten by this lion. You're gonna love it. <laughs> So seriously, I'm interested. On the beach. You're into the lion? Yes. I think I'd take it in the the dark. dark. One in the dark. I mean, obviously terrifying to be eaten by sharks and cold and wet. I don't like that. But seeing lions, I think that would just be terrifying. Yeah. Them coming at you. They're such powerful animals. They really are. Ripping in shreds. Nah, see, I would take the lions every time. Really? Yeah, because the daytime you're on, at least you're on land, which is your natural habitat. I don't know. But Something you'd also see yourself being torn apart and your guts and your limbs coming off. I mean, look, neither way is going to be fun, off. is it? But the, like the idea of like you sink, your remains just like sinking to the bottom of the ocean cares, and forever dead, your bones dead, are in the matter. sand down there. That's true. There's mm. something about that just really. And it's pitch black in the water. No. No, thank you. People, man. Well, let us know. What would, right what would you prefer? What would you prefer? Sharks or lions? Sharks or lions? Sunny Beach. Yeah. Uh, here's a song by Taylor Swift. So. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a FM radio. No, that's an interesting. What would people say? Oh, both of them are horrific. They're yeah. both. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying, you know, it's an. Yeah, I'm not Painted saying that picture, either one Claire. would be particularly choice. Mm. But, you know, if you had to choose. I just get terrified by the ocean. Mm. So terrified. Mm. I'm scared of lions. I'll admit that. Yeah, <laughs> I am man enough to make that. I'm scared of lions. Yeah, see, I'm not as scared of lions as I am of sharks. Don't know why. Mm. I think sharks are more likely to leave you alone. Like if you went in a lion enclosure, it'd probably go for you straight away. Do you think I actually saw or read or something that lions are are pretty lazy, mm. and that they only really they're scavengers actually, so they'll only go for something generally if it's already dead half the time. And I heard that sharks won't generally attack people because they're not really what about the guy on the surfboard in australia who was doing that contest and then the shark chomped him that happens like a couple of times a year oh mick fanning yeah Yeah. but he didn't get actually bitten luckily he just felt it brush against him oh i was actually watching that live because my live with a a guy josh who um actually co-wrote the theme song to this podcast. Oh, it's oh thanks, Josh. Oh, Appreciate that. Well done, Josh. Josh and his brother Tom, who I lived with also at the same time. We, um, so Josh is a big fan of the WSL, the World Surf League, and we used to go out to the pub and we'd come home and he'd have a, an app and he could just stream it live. Mm. And it was just on the J Bay in South Africa. And then we were watching it and we're like, what the hell was that? And they cut away really quickly because they were worried they that he say, was about yeah. to be ripped to shreds by a shark. <laughs> yeah. But then oh they played God. the re- one that when Mick was fine. Yeah. Uh, they played the replay. Oh my god! He so punched many times. it, right? Yeah, so he sort of punched the shark and got got away. But I, we were watching it going from the kitchen, being like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, wow, it, was, it was really live. great. And I'm then like it was massive that. news worldwide the next day because mm. you know, yeah, a man punched a shark. Punched a shark. That's like, rad. In the middle Aussie of a surf competition. No, the yeah. most Aussie thing ever is that guy who punched that kangaroo. <laughs> oh, <Isn't that> footage. <laughs> Yeah, we saw it. Yeah. <laughs> we probably played it. Yeah. Even though it was probably animal cruelty. <laughs> I mean, the shark. He was defending himself. Yeah, I understand that, yeah. But anyway, but bringing it back to the sharks and the old man in the sea, that's probably one of the highest rating scoring books with the oh, between really? me and the two guests that we've had. So, guys, get on it. The old man in the sea. It's quite a quick read too, so you can get in there, smash it out in a couple of hours and... Um, 100 yeah. pages yeah. or something like that? Sit in yeah, somewhere 100, in 130, 
by a fire. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Which yeah. is where I read it on a beautiful weekend getaway. Correct. By the uh, and uh, so th- I posted a photo of me reading this book basically, and I got ribbed by uh, many people on social media for <laughs> living in the affluent east, which yeah. is a joke from my other podcasts. Do go on with Matt and Jess, and uh, let me just put it on the record that is not my house. That is not how I live because <laughs> that was my first reaction. I'm like, holy hell, look at this place! Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. It's well, well, like an apartment Dave. in the city, but yeah. this is uh, very fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Podcasting going quite well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> No, no, so that was not my not my place. Uh, the only other thing left to do is at the end of this show, speaking of uh, podcast paying bills, I, um, mm. again, not my house, so I'm not rich. <laughs> um, I'd like to uh, shout out and thank a few people that support this show on Patreon. Lovely. Because this show, as well as Do Go On and uh, Primates, the podcast hosted by Matt Stewart about primates and popular culture, mm. are supported by one Patreon because we started Do Go On. When's Jess going to start pulling her weight and make her own bloody... Damn right. Why isn't she? I would would definitely listen to a Jess Perkins podcast. Uh, We talk about it often. Yeah. Has she got any ideas? Yeah, the the, uh, most popular idea is Phrasing the Bar, which is the films of Brendan Fraser. I love her. Hosted by her and uh, Matt. They came up with that idea one day, and and I'm very happy for them to take that off. (laughs) I will guest appear on the Mummy episodes, as they were some of my favourite films growing up. Even the third one? Uh, the first two. Okay. But I think they have to sit through the third because he was in it, right? Yeah, he was. did them all. Yeah. Even though his wife was a Left, different actor. yeah. Um, in the third what's her one. name? Yeah, she was replaced. Yeah, she didn't come yeah. I can remember her name is Evie in the film. Yes. Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss, that's other right. One is Monica something. I can't remember. Sorry. The, the anyway. replacement was not as good. No. It won I less agree. Academy Awards. But. Mm. <laughs> Uh, basically, if you want to support uh, this show and keep it going and keep me buying books, all that kind of stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash do go on pod. And in exchange, I'll uh, shout out to you and say thank you for supporting the show and read out your favorite book. And uh, also, I announce the books on uh, via our Patreon newsletter in advance. So some people have told me they'd like to read ahead or read along because that's, that's great. how they consume books better. Read along as you're doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to keep up. <laughs> what bit's this? No, read in advance so they can get more of a, more out of it maybe. So if that's you, you can definitely do that at patreon.com so do go on pod and there's all these other bonus stuff like you get two bonus episodes of our other podcast do go on every month. But uh, to the three people this week I'd like to th- uh, shout out to, I read, I tell you their name and their favourite book and we can judge their choices. Okay. Excellent. I, I do love know judging. I know, I know, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, you know what I mean. All right. I get you. <laughs> I'm acting surprised. Yeah, yeah, no, no, thank you. <laughs> you are, and uh, as people who've lived in Africa, you've lived a life, you can judge these choices and no one Absolutely will be offended. I can, yeah. First of all, I'd like to thank to supporting the show on Patreon, Curtis Brennick. Good name. Never heard that surname, but I like it. I like it too. Brennick. Brennick. Curtis Brennick. On Do Go On, we find that the supporters of the, the Patreon have some of the greatest names you'll ever hear. Absolutely. And that is one of them. Curtis Brennick. Favourite book probably has to go to Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Oh, Mason loves that book. Really? Yeah. Well, Curtis says, mostly because it's the only book I've wanted to read more than once. Mm. And it's a TV series. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I get told I look like someone in that. Mm. I see. I haven't seen it. But yes. oh, American Gods. Yeah, can't remember the name of the character. I'm sure if the you have seen one. it, you'll know who I'm who, who you're referring to. It looks like a young boy, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Curtis. You got a beard now, Dave. You look. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking you were quite sophisticated like and older. Thank you. I'm trying very hard to keep a beard going. I'm a month in already, and it's that's slowly, a decent growth. For slowly a month. getting there. I like it. 
Yeah. I All right, it's a generous is. month. We might be looking at five weeks. We might <laughs> I don't like as much weeks. then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> James's is like 24 hours. That's, that's pretty quick. He yeah. has just, a just quick keep pushing beard. it out. It's thin, and it's, but it's thin and it's different lengths on different parts. So I trim it at different lengths because it's like thinner on the sides. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I need to get some tips because I've grown it out long enough now. Now I need to refine it, but I have mm. no idea what I'm doing. Oh, I, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Maybe I'll talk to you after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to thank uh, James Hatfield. That's a good another great good name. name. So, and I'm sure I'm sure you get this out your entire life, and I apologise, but that's so close to James Hetfield. That's the why I tell you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm so, but I think Hatfield's better than Hetfield. Hatfield is definitely. Yeah, it's a good name. Uh, favorite book: Contest by Matthew Riley. I know Matthew. There's Riley. an Australian oh, writer. Is, is he that? Is that the hoverbike champion guy? Oh, I don't know. Hoverbike. The hover. The hoverbike racer. Oh yes, I'm sure yeah. he's Australian. Yeah, is he Aussie? I, I don't. I don't. He yes. sounds very. He is. I'm pretty sure. Yes, no. He's I've just looked at him. He's yeah. Australian, and I know him from his work uh, adapting some of the fantastic episodes of Agatha Christie's Poirot. Oh. He wrote some of the scripts for that. Oh, bloody love! One of my favorite shows of all time. But so um, contest uh, because the book is essentially Die Hard with aliens. <laughs> That's got okay, me. Okay, that sounds me good. Too. I'm would, in. He that, did I'm do Hover Car Racer. I was right. Oh, very cool. <laughs> well, I would put that quote on the front cover of my book and 100%. I reckon that that would sell. 100%. Die Hard yeah. Aliens. I'm Thanks, James so Hatfield. And finally, I would like to thank a man that I have met on a couple of occasions. Oh. oh really? You've known this man too? No. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've met uh, up in Sydney, Dan Barley. Dan Barley? Ah, nice who, name. Great name and a great guy who's come to a couple of our Do Go On Live shows. Uh, a former Englishman, oh. now making his home in Sydney. Dan Barley, favourite book, I Am Legend. I've read that. It, oh. And a Will Smith film. Well, he said, and he an has okay movie. clarified it here saying, I Am Legend. It's one of only two books which has caused me to feel actual fear and panic for the safety of the characters. Don't judge it by the awful Will Smith movie. The book is a thousand times better. And very different. It was also adapted into the Omega Man with Charles And there's, um, it's twist, the twist is better. Yeah, have you read it too? Yeah. Yeah. And the twist is better. Mm, But I won't spoil it. Because the monsters in I Am Legend, they're supposed to be vampires. And the book is very much leans into that. More than oh, element. I was imagining yeah. iRobot this whole time. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Oh, iRobot. I yeah. really enjoy that film mainly for the scene where Will Smith is doing chin-ups on the door frame. I enjoy oh. the bit where he gets a new yeah. pair of Converse sneakers and they're like nice Converse sneakers and he goes, no. thanks, 2004. Because they were like the year that I was whatever. The Product. Year the oh, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. At this website. They're vintage in this movie in the future, but oh, in the 2004, wow. these were the slickest Converse shoes. Correct. Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Shameless. He is. Well, thank you to Dan Barley, James Hatfield, and Curtis Brennick for supporting the show on Patreon. And there's a link in the description of this episode, patreon.com slash do go on pod. Yeah. If you want to help out, don't be a coward. If you love literature and if you love cheating books, why wouldn't you? That's what I say. Hey. Thank you very much. I'll put that on the front cover of my book. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite Die Hard with Aliens, but still sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Correct. And team, that does bring us to the end of the episode, but one more time about your new podcast. Yes. 
Claire, do you want to? Yes, why not? We are uh, Suggestible and you can find us at Suggestible Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and we are releasing episodes every Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's Short and two. sharp. It's like we're bloody watching yeah, this. this. Only is half good. an hour. It's just recommendations for things yeah. that we're watching, reading and listening to. And it is a perfect um, length half an hour. I'm going to get your Wi-Fi for my phone because I'm going to download episode two to listen on the way home. That's my rec- uh, recommendation. Yes, I really enjoyed it. It's great. And also, if you have suggestions for things for us to watch, read, and listen to, we'd love you to tweet us or um, just email us as well. We'll give it a look. Um, Yeah, absolutely. It's been so much fun. We love doing this pod. Mm. Great stuff. And you also do your other podcasts as well, which we can talk about as well. Weekly Planet, we talk movies and comics and TV shows. I do that with Nick Mason. It comes out every Monday, and we do all the big movies of the week. Next week is when's this coming out? Coming out? Uh, Coming out tomorrow. There you go. Okay, yeah. So we're doing Comic Con. Next week, which is the biggest event yeah. of the year. Good stuff. Yeah. Excellent. I'm, I'm amazed you found time in your schedule to talk to me. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> oh, mate. This we is a really big week. So we've got a live show for the Weekly Planet we, and the film 2040 oh, right. coming up on this weekend that we accidentally timed the exact weekend of Comic-Con, which is James's biggest weekend of the year. Whoops. We are great with time. We know we're done. Scheduling. I believe that event is already sold out. But is it is. There, is there a, I believe there's a waiting list. There yeah. is. If you still want tickets, um, you can pop your name on the waiting list by emailing me at claireplanetbroadcasting.com and we may be releasing some more depending on how many people mm, very sign up cool. to the wait list. But yeah, currently it is sold out. There's a weekly Planet live show followed by um, a screening of this awesome film 2040 all about saving yeah. the planet. Oh, and we also have a charity campaign at the yes. moment. Yes, we should definitely talk oh, yeah. about that. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Which is really cool. So every year at Planet Broadcasting, which is um, the network that this show is part of. And Absolutely. Also show, mm-hmm. um, and we raise funds for a different charity this year we are really increasingly worried about the climate crisis happening at the moment and so we've partnered up with Intrepid Travel um, and also uh, the University of Tasmania because they're launching a new program where they're going to grow seaweed off the coast which kind of sounds like a strange thing. from Tassie to... Well, not a... Yeah, they're starting with one barge project Mm. and they're looking because there's... Um, a whole stretch of ocean between the bottom of Tasmania and the US that's prime land for ocean permaculture because seaweed has these amazing properties. It's the fastest growing organism on the planet. It grows half a meter a day. That's crazy. I know. Mm. And so basically they're like trees in the ocean that absorb carbon but also create um, sort of forests for flora and fauna to grow within the ocean. They also um, create jobs in like we can eat seaweed it's also used as biofuel if you add seaweed to cattle's feed it reduces their emissions as well so it's just this like incredible um thing to be able to generate and also is non-political so there's no vested interests and so um, we're raising funds they're aiming to raise three hundred fifty thousand dollars if they can get that amount of money Mm. off the ground they can start this project with the university of tasmania and we our target is fifty thousand, which we reached last year so Every dollar raised will be matched by Intrepid. So potentially we could raise $100,000. Great. Ideal scenario. Yeah, Yeah. either scenario. Whatever money that we raise is going towards um, helping the climate. already at 8,000, I think. Yeah, already at 8,000. And I'll send you the link so you Mm. can um, link it in the description. Link it in the description. I'll also tweet it out and all that stuff on the cheap page. Thank you, Dave. Because I just, I don't know about you guys, but I felt, 
like whenever I hear anything about climate change and the climate crisis, I just get really depressed to think there's nothing we can do. Yes, because it's so overwhelming. Absolutely. It's a bit like, yeah. well, what could I exactly. do? Yeah. Exactly. And so this I'm merely is some... one, one really well-travelled man. How can I use my experience <laughs> of the world? Correct. I've driven into a pride of lions. Ah, what can I do? Yeah. How can I make it up to the world after killing all those lions? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and fishing and uh, all those things and catching a shark. Um, anyway, so this is something that you can actually do and it's, a, um, I think, a really, really cool project. They talk about it a lot in the film 2040, mm. um, which is made by Damon Gamow. And I actually interviewed him for my podcast. Yes. At, yes, called Just Make the Thing, which is a show where I interview creatives about why and how they make stuff. Um, and I release that not weekly anymore, kind of sporadically, but it's still available, obviously, on um, Apple Podcasts. It's very inspiring. Thank you. Mm. Well, it's just it's it's a look at how to start a thing and keep on making it. And so, if you need a bit of inspiration, I interview lots of different people, including Dave. I have an episode with Dave yes. and also with James. Yes. That's right. And other hosts from um, and Jess and Matt from Do Go On and other things. So, um, but yeah, the latest episode I interviewed Damon Gamo, who made that sugar film, the doco about sugar, and then also Twenty Forty. And he's a really interesting man. Yeah. Cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, so I'll link to all those things in the description of this episode, but you can find all of our podcasts at planetbroadcasting.com. Of course. You certainly can. Exactly. Oh, and you can find me at Claire20 on Instagram. That's right. Let's tell stories the most. Cool, cool, cool. Correct. I miss Sunday movies on all platforms. Great. And we're at Book Cheat Pod on all of the platforms. Nice. Check us out. I'll post a photo of me at Hemingway's house. There'll be a lion on the beach this week. There'll be a photo of the three of us if you don't know what we look like. It's all happening. It's all, it's all happening. happening. It's all I have happening. a photo of me catching a stingray I could send over to you, Dave. Oh, if you I would actually <laughs> love that. I would please, I'll find it. I'll please, find if we it, forget, yeah. tweet us both. Remind us. Excellent. But at the end of every episode, I say thank you so much to the guests for coming on, giving up your time. Much appreciated. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having it. us. Great to come it. back. Yeah, it's so much fun. I'm and you came all the way you know out that. to our place. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is such a cool concept. It's still a pleasure. We enjoy oh, it. Thank really you so great. much. Great and time. at the end of the episode, I have all, I have started saying, and I always say this now, books forever. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.